there's a time management piece, mm -hmm. right? Of like you being able to do 60, 40 in your work and business. Yeah. But then there's this like fun aspect, which is like you have a wine company. Yes. And so like, do you ever get a chance to like just kick back and sip? How did you yeah. figure out, this is how I need to set my life up in order to make this work? Um, Trial and error. There is no perfect science to it. You mm. know, it took me doing the um, traditional like, okay, I'm gonna work my eight to five and then I'm gonna come home and then I'm gonna go and do like seven to 10, you know? Mm -hmm. Like I started that, that didn't work. Cause I, if with my job right now, actually we work um, six hours. Okay. So that's seven, it's not, I love it. 7 a.m. and then 6 p.m. and okay. then that's Monday through um, Thursday, which is great. So I would, you know, kind of have my Fridays. That's lit. So Fridays was my wine day. Like okay. Fridays I try to make up for everything that I couldn't get done in the afternoon. But you know, to be fair and, and to be realistic, you have your business, you have your job, and you still have a life. <laughs> So I know that you'll agree, enjoying myself while I work is the vibe that I'm trying to be on. So I want to invite you guys to Sidebar ATL here in Atlanta, Georgia. Sidebar, on top of the good food and live music, they have three different experiences. That means you can join me in the garden room, in the gold room if you want to try the top of the line hookah, and they also have the dungeon where I hear what happens in the dungeon stays in the dungeon. So it's the perfect mix if you're here on business or you want to blow off some steam after work, you can meet me at Sidebar ATL so that you can have a little bit of dinner and then turn up afterwards if that's your jam. So check us out, 79 Poplar Street here in downtown Atlanta, or you can call 678-800-0741. Let's get it, work and play at the same time, right? <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Work and Play Podcast. I'm your host, Arielle Young, and I have a really, really special guest today, Miss Nicole Anderson. Hello. Hey, hey. I'm, I said special guest because one, we've had brands on the on the podcast, um, Wine and Spirits brand, yeah. but not a black girl, man. Not a black girl, um, Wine and Spirits lady. That makes me so excited. You are amazing for doing what you're doing. Thank so I'm really you. ready to tell your story. Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's get into it. So on the podcast, we talk about life transitions, self-actualization, uh, career transitions, Transitions. And so for folks who are listening, would you mind introducing yourself? Yes. Wow. So I'm Nicole Anderson. I am the proud owner of Her Wine. Um, Her Wine is actually an acronym. It stands for Having Evolved Repeatedly. Come on. Yes. Yes. The idea is that we're constantly on this, you know, growth and evolution of becoming better versions of ourselves. Yes. And I wanted a wine that spoke to those moments and was there for the journey of us as we continue to grow. That is beautiful. Thank you. Tell me again. I know the evolving, it caught me, but yeah. tell me H-E-R. Having evolved repeatedly. Having evolved repeatedly. Yes. There was a moment in my life where I changed my Instagram to, um, uh, what was it? Evolve, evolving arsenal of thought. Ooh, because I like that. Because we are that. always evolving. Like yes. our thoughts are evolving. We have to be able to accept the new self, right? Yes. And I think that's actually a really big part of self, like actualization, self discovery. So true. So for you, like, how did you get into your first pivot? One. Yes. So you are currently on your transition into entrepreneurship, right? I am. Yes. I I'm in imagine. that weird, like, in between phase. Like yes. one foot in, one foot out. Um, so I am, so I'm in marketing. I manage marketing for creative services for um, a major company here in Atlanta, Cutie Brands. Mm. Um, and it's been a phenomenal journey. I've been with that company for about four years. Um, I've been doing marketing since I could remember, like over 10 years professionally, but before that I was doing marketing in different capacities. Um, and it's been amazing, but it's, 
it is a transition period now. Yeah, yeah. I want to get into that because a lot of people are, you know, either already on the other side yeah. or they're still trying to figure out how are they going to make that leap. So for you, how mm. would you like embody this evolution process that you would call right now? <sighs> it, it's interesting. So the funny thing is when I started out, like coming out of college, bright eyed, bushy tail, right? Mm -hmm. I knew I was going to be someone's CMO, chief marketing officer for somebody's business. Come on. I was ready. I said, I'm, I'm going to be an executive, you know, like I'm coming out of college, like ambitious and ready to go. And, and I did, you know, entrepreneurship was something that I knew I, I wanted to do, but I never found like my thing. So my focus was climbing the corporate ladder. Mm -hmm. and, and I did, you know, I was super fortunate. My career path has been really, really great so far. Um, and it's funny because when you hit the level that you think that you want to achieve yeah. and you're still like, huh, I'm not feeling fulfilled. Like there's still something missing. Yeah. That's when, you know, I was like, okay, I think that's transition needs to happen a little bit sooner. And her wine definitely came, you know, a little bit before that, okay. but it's just interesting, you know, kind of being able to now be here, I, I manage like a major team. Like I, I've had this leadership experience and still yet I'm like, I want to be an entrepreneur. Like I'm ready to just let this go and jump into, you know, entrepreneurship. So it's, it's an interesting kind of place to be in to evolve and to transition and pivot and decide midstream, you know, like, hey, I think instead of climbing this ladder and going keeping forward i think i'm going to focus on me and, and build my empire yeah yeah now, for, well you're, you mentioned like climbing the corporate ladder and i think a lot of us you know i come from corporate so yes. like at some point that was definitely an aspiration of mine mm -hmm. if you if you were to think about like what you'd be leaving behind and you making that decision like hey i want something different what was that struggle like for you you know stability mm. the the check mm -hmm. like that those things are major pieces <laughs> that consistent check is real it feels really good um however you know there's other things that you sacrifice um like i mentioned earlier like that feeling of fulfillment there's something that's that's said to be about when you build something like taking something from thought to fruition to actual product and yeah. then being able to share it like it's I don't have kids yet, but it's like giving birth essentially. Yes, absolutely. You know, and so there's a lot of pride that goes into it. It's mm -hmm. scary. It's a lot of risk that you have to take, but it's so rewarding when you start to see that it's received well and people like it and people are buying it. Not only yeah. just they like it, but people are willing to pay their hard earned money for what you built. Like That's that beautiful. is what's cool. Speaking of which, I'm thinking about a lot of the marketers that I know. Yeah. And like the evolution of a marketer starts like, so marketing a product or service essentially is what I know from outside looking in, right? Yeah. Marketers do, but there's that creativity and a lot of like people that I've talked to along the way mm. are like, well, if I don't have something or someone to like place my creativity on, mm. then I can't necessarily express myself. Mm. So growing up in, in marketing for 10 years, did yeah. you have that same feeling where before you had her yeah right you didn't necessarily have your own product but did you feel like you had to have a product or service to like mm. express your creativity you know it's interesting I, I didn't mm. and I think that's because for me with marketing I feel like there's there's different marketing is such a huge you know kind of category right mm. and for me I've always been more on the operation side okay. so my outlets for creativity I, I didn't necessarily create things like I wasn't a painter on the side or anything like that I can't draw for anything 
don't ask me to do it but um but I found joy in creating like flyers and creating business cards for people and just the creative for me it was more so the creative process of helping people to understand consumer behavior like that was interesting when people are like how do I get my product to market that part was like how I would express my creativity. The strategy. Yes, the strategy. Ah. That's more where I kind of like found my sweet spot. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I would help other businesses, mm-hmm. like, you know, just completely like, hey, you want to just bounce ideas off of me about how to help your business grow? Hell, yeah, let's go for it. You know? <laughs> let's like, do it. We could talk about this all day. So yeah. that's really like how I was able outside of work to do it. And so creating something myself was really interesting because that was a new arena for me. Yeah. I, I have an eye for it. You know, I can tell if something's going to work or not work. But me physically creating it, you do not. You don't want me to. <laughs> don't y'all, don't, don't, y'all don't want me to do that. Listen, I had a sip <laughs> of the wine before we actually started the podcast. Yeah. So I know it's actually amazing. Thank so I can't know. wait to get into like the story of how how the different layers, mm, you no know, pun intended, yeah, yeah. <laughs> came to be like right here and right now. Yeah. And that makes sense. I have a homegirl who's a, a strategist, a marketing strategist. Yes. And I understand more and more that like marketing and advertising has different like perspectives to it, right? Yes. You have the creative side, you have the copy side, yep. you have the strategy side, yep. and then you have like the actual, like the mediums in which you, you put it the out there, right? The channels put out there, yeah, exactly. And that's I guess that's how I've come to understand marketing, right? Yeah. What would you say is your sweet spot? Do you like the digital side of marketing? Do you mm. like, um, like what part of the strategy are you like, oh, let me let me help you here? Yeah, you know, I love, so it's a little bit of both, right? I love being able to look at a product mm-hmm. and say, okay, I think that you should, and, and tell me your problem, right? So it's not just okay. give me your product. Like, it's, there's always a problem that we have and there's a solution that we're looking for. Okay. So let's say someone has, um, or, or even just you know with what we do today with with my corporate job um, we sell light fixtures and so we're constantly trying to understand who our target audience is and how do we get in front of them so I like that part you know Mm. like I like trying to really understand if I am targeting um, a black woman right with my product then Mm -hmm. how do I like what type of black because black women come in all these different shapes and sizes we all like different things but even outside of that we still kind of fall into categories right and so if someone was trying to sell a product and let's say it's a hair product we'll use that as an example so there's a hair product that they're trying to sell and they're trying to sell it to black women like Mm -hmm. the part that I get excited about is to help them decipher who that person is yeah. and then take it a few steps back now we know who it is now now we can get to how do we target that person what are her triggers her motivations what is what keeps her up at night mm-hmm. you know like what about her hair is bothering her and that's how you kind of fit your product into the solution for that person yeah. so I like the strategy side of really trying to help people to position their products appropriate appropriately in front of the right audience yes. and doing so in an effective way through the mediums of which that target audience is going to receive it. Yes. I love how you yeah. broke that down. I love it. You smooth, sis. Stuff, girl. <laughs> I all day. I love it. You are really smooth. <laughs> Thank you. Coming from a data perspective, like, you really, like, you talk that talk. Thanks. Like, and as new entrepreneurs, you know, the biggest word is ta- your target audience. Who's your avatar? Yes. Right? Yes. Um, I am so, I, this the, my biggest uh, shell shock mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. was to realize that I was leaving behind so much data. Ooh, in corporate yes. and going into entrepreneurship like okay I'm relying on different like you know Instagram statistics YouTube yes. statistics um, 
I'm understanding who my avatar is, I would say subjectively through blogs, mm -hmm. like these resources. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting clear on who she is and how can I help? What's her problem, right? Yes, yeah. For your, for your like, um, what you do in corporate and outside, right? Yeah. What's the next step? Once you understand their triggers, you mm -hmm. understand she likes music soul child. She doesn't yes. like uh, Taylor Swift. She yes. knows exactly that she just got into a relationship. She's mm -hmm. not necessarily, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, once yeah. you get clear on it, what are some of the strategies you use in corporate? And then what are some of those like other strategies as entrepreneurs that they may or may, or may not be leveraging? So I, I think that's really interesting, right? Like mm -hmm. knowing what that person is. And then sometimes you, and this is the hard part to be honest, like putting yourself in the position of that person. Mm. So once you know what their likes and dislikes are, that that's the first step. Data is king in marketing right now. I think back in the day, it was a lot more about how you feel and stuff looks good. If it looks good, people buy it but mm -hmm. now we have we've evolved technology has evolved and we can get real data so now we have these things like you know cookies let's we can that's the simple one Absolutely. that we all know mm -hmm. so you go on a site I immediately have information on you completely now right like I can track where you go I can track where you know after you leave me what mm -hmm. what sites you've gone on so now I can come to you and meet you where you are that's what that's what you want to do as as an entrepreneur as a business owner as a marketer yeah. I want to meet the consumer where they are so mm -hmm. I think once you know what their likes and, and interests are then now if, if you know this person likes music soul travel then you know they probably like concerts and so then you need to put your products at concerts okay you know like can you do pop-ups or maybe you need to host events that have soulful music to draw in those people you know it, I think once you know what their interests are you can get a little bit more creative yeah. in thinking about how to draw those people in or to meet them where they are mm. so that's why you know you, the whole idea of doing like a, a a spray approach and trying to target everybody it doesn't work your product is not going to be for everybody that's a harsh reality for it us it really is because we want it for everybody like you think it's amazing so you're like everybody's gonna love this but even yeah. with my wine like yeah. i i have a lot of times where people will come and they're like oh you know like it's it's they don't like sweet wine they're not gonna like my product, you know what I mean? And so I have to be comfortable in that my product is a great product and I love it and there are other women like me, but I have to understand that it's That's not true. for everybody. That's really good, you're right. I, I have conversations almost every other day with a new or aspiring yeah. entrepreneur who like, okay, so who do you wanna target? Really everybody. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And when we're coming from corporate, you know that you know there are segmented markets exactly. based on data you got your premium client you yep. got your but i think as new entrepreneurs we want that up front yeah you know what i mean like we want we want yes. the premium client we want the I'm like, <laughs> you gotta get to know your core audience yes, first. exactly exactly so. build your base yes. build your base that's the first step would you say that's what you're doing right now with your brand <sighs> absolutely absolutely like my brand is it is interesting right so like we were talking before the show, this brand is not necessarily for the wine connoisseur. Mm. You know, like I, I don't necessarily have to have someone that needs to come to me and know, like, know what legs mean when we're talking about right. that. You know, and the, <laughs> I tell people like, wine is what you want it to be. That's that's really what it is. If it tastes good to you, then it's good. You know, because they're like, well, you know, how do you know if it's good or bad wine? Ex absolutely. Like we do get caught like up it? in the how it's supposed to be yes and if it's not like how 
high society likes it or whoever exactly. the market is yeah and it's like oh then you know this must be wrong right and that's not the case at all and and you you'll hear even a lot of wine connoisseurs will even tell you like yes the, the they may know you know the region where that grape came from and you know all of the the ins and outs of where that particular bottle was made and that's mm -hmm. great but for me and for my base, that's not what we're looking for. We want a good glass of wine that is a premium product. You know, it's not going to be your, your $5 wine. It's going to be a good quality product. Mm -hmm. But it's, and it's going to get you to feel good. That's, that's, I'm in the business of making people feel good. I so that. I think that's really what you have to think about. Knowing your why. That's the okay. biggest takeaway for any marketer. Know your why. Hmm. You know, I think about, so of course I want to get into your story. And uh, I'm thinking about like evolution, right? Yeah. And where you are in life right now. Mm. As it relates to your why, or if it, if it does or doesn't, like where would you say you are in terms of like your balance or your mesh between work and play? Whew. <laughs> balance, what is that? Is that a word? Is that a thing? <laughs> no, I am, I'm actually in a very interesting space right now where I am, I'm, I'm transitioning more. So pandemic was amazing for me because mm. it allowed my company to see that we can work from home. And so now I work from home permanently, which was the best thing that could have happened for my brand um, because it allows me to multitask a little bit more. So my balance now is I, I probably do about, it, it depends on the day, but it's it's a good like 60-40, like on. 60 still on work, okay. but I, have, I now can do a lot more in between times, so in between meetings or, you know, like I, I can take half a day and just say, you know, I'm having, uh, you know, a work session mm -hmm. and I can work on my wine. You know, like I, I have opportunities now to balance a little bit more mm -hmm. and or at least include my wine a little bit more in my day to day activities. And yeah. that has been a really great thing. But it's it's a constant juggle. You said balance. Right. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that exists yet, but no, <laughs> working I, on it. the way you answered, I've kind of want to ask you, ask you from like two different angles. There's a time management piece, mm -hmm. right, of like you being able to do 60, 40 in your work and business. Yeah. But then there's this like fun aspect, which is like you have a wine company. Yes. And so like, do you ever get a chance to like just kick back and sip and relax kind of like how your target yeah. audience will? Yeah. So it's kind of a twofold. Let's go with the time management first. Like how did you yeah. figure out, this is how I need to set my life up in order to make this work um trial and error ah. trial and error there there is no perfect science to it you mm. know it took me doing the um traditional like okay i'm gonna work my eight to five and then i'm gonna come home and then i'm gonna go and do like seven to ten you know mm -hmm. like i started that that didn't work because i if with my job right now actually we work um six hours okay. so that's seven. Not it's not. I love it. 7 a.m. and then 6 p.m. Okay. and then that's Monday through um, Thursday, which is great. So I would, you know, kind of have my Fridays. That's lit. So Fridays was my wine day. Like okay. Fridays, I tried to make up for everything that I couldn't get done in the afternoon. But, you know, to be fair and, and to be realistic, you have your business, you have your job, and you still have a life. Are you still trying to get a leg up on your entrepreneurial career? Now I told you about the morning meetup, the community that was created for the betterment of entrepreneurship. And we are cooking up some really cool things. Now here's the thing. If you join today, you can actually get in for 60% of the original price. So if you join today, all you have to do is download the app and I provided the link below so that you can join us. We have community, we have a book club and it's the largest group that meets every single day, Monday through Friday at 8am to literally get ahead 
start on entrepreneurship. So if you're still trying to grow, you don't know what your business is going to be, but you know you want to be an entrepreneur, this is the community for you. So check out the morning meetup, click the link below, download the app and join us today trying to find time for all those things there were some times where it was like oh my girls are like let's go out and I'm like I gotta do this stuff for my wine business like I really need to stay home and I need to focus but it's so beautiful outside do I want to just go to this happy hour you know like yeah. that constant tug so the time thing it, it really it fluctuated until yeah. being able to stay at home now yeah. I can kind of intertwine it into my day yeah. you know so it's not so structured like okay after you know seven o'clock it's done but yeah. I did come up with a schedule so that was a big thing for me so I would say like okay because I had, to, I had to I had to actually like make time for life to oh, like yeah. make time for fun mm -hmm. so I was like okay Mondays and Wednesdays I'm gonna work like you know, after after I get off, like that's gonna be my time. Got you. Don't don't hit me up, y'all. That's <laughs> I can't go. No, I want to. Yes, but no. Like yeah. I gotta. This is my day. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays we're open. So if I had something to do and I wanted to do it, cool. If not, then you know, or I just decompress and not do anything because mm. you still have to have those moments. Yeah. But I actually had to get a little bit more structured with that. And then Fridays, of course, I, I dedicated more of my eight to five time to wine, and then still, you know, could start my weekend. Love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So I think we have a really dope pers uh, perspective and picture of like where you are in your life and your business. And honestly and truly, this chapter sounds dope. It's fun. <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's busy. Oh, it's work, busy. Work, work, work. Yes. I feel that. But there's song a whole. <laughs> and you know what? Honestly and truly, after looking at where she is right now in her life, yes. you're like, dang, you got to appreciate the time that she spent doing the things that she loves. Right. And honestly, like with your brand, it can be fun. I'm, yeah. I'm assuming like working on some of the things that you like to do. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. You know, I think as an entrepreneur, when you're you're kind of in that position of deciding like what that thing is that you want to go for, yeah. you have to have that passion for it because yeah. it does take up so much of your like extra time that right. we have, your free time. Mm -hmm. So I think you have to be passionate about it. It has to be fun for you in order for you not to feel like, you know, it's it's another job. You right. don't want that. Right. Essentially, like you, you basically create a baby that you don't like. Right. And <laughs> I need to like, like my baby. <laughs> I got to get this thing through college, but dang, <laughs> I'm done. You know, you don't want that. You want to be like, this is my thing. I love you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, to go to college in a good way. You got You're a five year old, right. you like plotting for them to turn 18. Like, I can't like, You Girl, don't want that. Yeah. Listen, from one single woman to the other, we got, you got to choose <laughs> yes. the right uh, baby, right? Yes. yes. Um, you mentioned that you have been a marketer through and through from yes. the beginning. Mm -hmm. So, like, if we go back to young Nicole, <laughs> when did you first decide? Like, what, what was the, what were your projects like when you were in high school? Or when did you notice the mindset that mm -hmm. you were like, I think I want to be a marketer. It was okay, so it was a really cool story. So um, when I was 13, um, my parents moved to Lithonia, mm -hmm. and um, I ended up moving to next door to this lady. Um, her name is Miss Tiffany. Shout out to Miss Tiffany. She's hey. amazing. Um, and it was so funny. She's just like this big ball of energy, and she was a clown, a professional clown. So my very first job, my very very first job, I was a clown assistant. Are you working serious? with her? Yes, it was so funny. Like, and imagine, right? So you got a 13 year old who's like, and she dresses up and she does the whole thing, right? <laughs> yes. And her thing was, she's a black woman, and her thing was, you know, she wanted to show. She didn't like paint her face all up and stuff. Like she wanted to show her black skin because yeah. you needed representation, right? Yeah. So, um, so it was interesting because she would need 
business cards and she would make flyers and we would you know go out and so one day I was like I can make a flyer and I just played around on her computer and put something she was like oh my gosh like I love this and I was like really okay and you know so I did that and then she started um, a real estate um, company called Two Tough Cookies and I created this logo for her now mind you I'm doing this on like paint and PowerPoint and it's like looking back on it now I'm like what in the world was I creating but it worked. Yeah. She loved it. They used it for their um, business, letterheads and everything. And I didn't know that that was marketing, though. Like, I had no yeah. idea what I was doing. So yeah. it wasn't until high school when they make you take those market, like those um, aptitude tests to figure out, like, where you want to go for college and mm -hmm. your major. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I did that and I, I put it all together and it popped out marketing. And I was like, what is marketing? And then that, you know, like I, I said, oh, this is this is exactly what I want to do. Like, this looks fun. And yeah. Took it and ran with it. I'm still blown away by this 12-year-old who created a whole, like, <laughs> logo for yeah, a company. Yeah, Because even when you say, like, you know, when I look back, you know, it's one thing to look back at it and it be on your mom's, you know, yeah. refrigerator. Yeah. <laughs> but it's another thing to look back and be like, oh, no, this is actually yeah. something. And someone went on to make money. With it. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, as a, a clown's assistant, mm -hmm. what are some of the things, like, you learned from that first job? 12 years old, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the interesting thing that I learned about that mm -hmm. is it, well, one, I can actually still make a balloon animal. So that is still a, a weird, <laughs> like, like skill set that I picked up. But um, it really taught me the importance of truly, like, being authentic, being your authentic self. Like, mm -hmm. watching Miss Tiffany, I think I met her at the most pivotal point in my life. You know, this is when I'm transitioning from being you know like a, a little girl into yeah. like a teenager and seeing her confidence seeing like how open she was like she just her personality really captivated a room yeah. and she was able to somehow keep the attention of all of these kids at any given time but just watching even her interact with when she would take me to networking events with her That's you know great. I'm thinking of this is such a this is such great like internship experience yeah you know what I mean? it was you know looking at back at it it really was and you're 12 yeah. right so you know speaking of evolve evolutions right yeah you're going from was it prepubescent to puberty right, right you have this woman who's already showing up in her full self yes and you get to like basically follow her around all day that's that was it every weekend and i mean she paid me really good for so you know <laughs> for a young time. age like she was i think she gave me maybe it was like 25 dollars an hour and it would be like two three hours but like yeah. 50 dollars listen that was a lot. for a 12 year old you Man. can go and at that time because I want to say, like, cell phone bills are probably, like, $35 back yeah, in the day. Yeah, so, right. So I really could have, right? Yeah. Flexing on everybody, that would have been amazing. Yeah. I think that's a dope experience for anyone at any age. But because a lot of us, like, who are growing up, we don't have a lot of, like, good examples. That's true. And so one, though, it was your, your neighbor. You also yeah. have your parents, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, do, were your parents... Um, Non, uh, not nonprofits, but um, entrepreneurs or yeah. So so okay. Funny story. So let's take it. I'm gonna take it back even further. Let's so go. My very first entrepreneur like um, venture. I have. I was the candy lady. So I was like 
uh, I probably was like nine years old. Mm -hmm. We were at this apartment. I turned our little like balcony into like this little setup. And so people would come inside. They had, you know, I had us everything set up. I would go to Sam's with my mom and we would like go buy bulk chips and candy mm -hmm. and everything. Mm -hmm. I have this like funny, funny picture of me and my friend because it was my, another neighbor girl and we did it together. And we just have all these $1 bills and we're smiling, you know, like we made all this money. It was so yes. funny. So it started out as that. And I, I bring that up because my parents have always instilled in me and my little brother that entrepreneurship is the route and the key to freedom whether that's financial freedom whether it's time freedom they always taught us like that is the goal yeah and so that's why I said I always knew I wanted to do entrepreneurship just not to what capacity and how okay now my parents have both um, had several entrepreneurial um, ventures that they've dabbled in my dad has a photo booth company here in Atlanta that's really big and doing great and so being able to see them you know partner together have their own like watching that growth it, it was always inspiring, so I always had that. But my dad um, still has his own job. So he still works and does his photo booth business. Gotcha. So he's excited to see me kind of get to a place where I can, you know, kind of cut that tie and officially jump in full time. Okay, that's yeah. interesting because I was going to say, like, growing up, then you saw it work. Yeah. You know, like you saw the, the 9 to 5 and the 6 to 10, so to speak, yeah. right? You saw it work. But then it's also interesting to hear that your dad is like excited to see you cut the court. And it's, it, it, don't you think it's funny? Like parents always want you to go like uh, the, the next, next step, level. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yes, I did this, yep. but I think you should do that. And a lot of people don't even have parents who are entrepreneurs. Yeah. Why is it that you think that your dad wants you to go into full time? I mean, you already mentioned they stressed, you yeah. know, the freedom that comes with entrepreneurs, like the, the socioeconomic freedom that comes with it. Mm -hmm. Um, what other reasons do you think he's like, you know what, I'm ready for you to cut that cord even though he yeah. hasn't. I think, I think it comes with, you know, when you get your business to a certain place and being able to feel comfortable enough to jump in, you know, like mm -hmm. I think he sees it and he, he sees the vision with me. And I think that's really important when you have people in your corner, whether it's your yeah. parents or just anybody really yeah. that, that sees that vision with you. I think that's a big piece of it. But I think he sees that, you know, like, she's living her dream you know like she i've been talking about this for years and now you know it's like she's in it this is this is her dream being realized and i think yeah. that's the the pride that they get from seeing me kind of build this business and i mean i started out making wine myself so from, you were doing it yourself yeah we gotta go there yeah how did, how did you get the inkling one to make your own wine and then what did you do like i know so i always was like weird and i love science like i, I was definitely that person i definitely went to science camp guys like that was a thing <laughs> i was that girl so with a little so, pigtail yes, i was like listen yes. Yes, I'm ready. I'm going to, I, re I literally went to space camp. Oh my gosh. So, um, <laughs> so it was funny because, um, I, my love for wine has started like when, as soon as I could legally drink, I was like, give me a wine cooler. Where's the wine? Everyone's taking shots of tequila. And I'm like, mm -mm, mm -hmm. pass me the wine. I'm good. Right. And so my love for wine has, has always been there, but I got to a place, and this was interesting, um, 20, 2018, 2019, really, well, 2017, 2018 were really interesting years for me. Mm. Um, there was a lot of, to your point, life transitions that were mm. happening at that point for me. Um, one of which was that I got bored with wine. Like, I would go to the store, and I was like, 
you know, I keep buying the same bottles and I try other brands and, you know, you just, I just got bored with it. Mm. And I was like, none of these wines speak to me either. So I decided like I wanted to try and I just random Google search. I was like, I wonder if I can make my own. Like I want to try different flavor wines. Like there's got to be something else. And this was, this was actually before we had Stella Rosa that kind of like grew up and you know, we started seeing a little bit more of like the flavored wines. It was really mm -hmm. like you had- And Moscato, right? When did Moscato Moscato, Moscato. Moscato's been around forever, but, okay. but um, it became really big kind of 2008. Like a lot of okay. our black community, we mm -hmm. really heard it in songs and mm -hmm. stuff. Like we were really into Moscato. Yeah. And so that was the thing, right? It was mm -hmm. like, you had red Moscato, pink Moscato, regular Moscato. Like, I was like, I'm Moscatoed out, you know? Like, <laughs> I, and, and, and the flavors just, I was getting ready for something else. And so um, I found this, there's a facility here in Georgia um, in Decatur. And it's like a home brewing thing. They really kind of cater to beers, but they also have wine. And so I got this kit and it's like a little mad scientist and I'm putting it together and whipping it up and, you know, like, that that's really what taught me about wine. I've been doing, you know, going to wine tours and stuff forever. Wow. So being able to like listen and, and hear it and then make my own and then go to other, and then again, go back to wine tours and, and hear how they make it. Like it made it make sense. Yeah. And I think that knowledge, that base knowledge helped me to kind of ease into this because I can talk a little bit more to the winemakers that are blending my wines about, you know, what I want and how I want it. And I understand when they're telling me like what can or cannot can be I, done. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. The best way to support the Work and Play podcast is by subscribing to the YouTube channel and by going to your favorite podcast player to subscribe and rate the Work and Play podcast. That's all you have to do. So if you are liking the Work and Play podcast, the content, the stories that we're sharing, and you know that this will help someone, go ahead and share the content to someone who could actually use it and help them on their journey to transition from corporate into entrepreneurship. Now let's get back into the episode. This is so interesting because you started a wine company and I'm trying to, I'll try to like, <laughs> I will try to articulate why I'm so blown away because <clears throat> you like wine, you were a wine drinker. And then you said, you know what? I want to make my own after getting bored. Yeah. I don't know, not a one <laughs> wine facility. And you know what, if this might be my lack of resourcefulness, no. <laughs> but you really found a way to learn, like, what was your first idea? It was, you know, like, let me Google a facility yeah. that makes it, mm -hmm. but then like, how did you go about you know, taking the first step to just explore this inkling of an idea. You know, it was it, YouTube. Like I was, oh. I would literally just watch people on YouTube making wine. Okay. And honestly, it was a lot of like just old white men that were making wines in their backyards, you mm -hmm. know, and stuff like that. But it was seeing that and being and seeing like, oh, this is this is actually not that hard. Yeah. And actually, it was funny because I was going to do it at my actual house. But I didn't have all the space. Okay. So because you have to let those containers kind of sit for at least 30 days, depending on the sweetness of the wine. Okay, I was going to ask you that. Yeah, so I found this facility that allowed me to use their equipment and just rent it out versus mm -hmm. me having to buy all that, try and house it in my garage. I was like, eh, you know, I'd rather take it, you know, yeah. do it there versus having all this equipment. And then I figured, honestly, I was like, eventually I'll transition my garage into a little area and do it that way. That was honestly the idea. I really? was just going to build my way up into making my own wines. Mm -hmm. um, but then I realized, and that's kind of what really inspired the, the brand itself. 
I wanted a wine that spoke to the reason why we wine. You know, each of the names of the wines like actually speak to the reasons why. Because we're drinking for a purpose. It's, mm. it's I'm in my feelings, or it's girls' night in. You yes. know, mama needs a break. Finally, after five, like all of those mm. were different experiences and reasons why. Yeah. And that's what I wanted. I wanted people to go into a store and be able to see a label and be like, yes, mama needs a break. Let me get that, you know, while their kids are running around on the aisle, you know what I mean? Yeah. She just sees it and she's like, yeah, let me grab that, you know, like yeah. that's the vision that I had. And that's what I wanted. I wanted to create something that spoke to us. And also there are not a lot of black winemakers, like Absolutely. black wine brands. We as black women are major consumers of wine. And yet, you know, at the time, this was even before um, the McBride sisters, when I was like really doing the research and looking it up for myself, mm -hmm. I literally was Googling like black women wines. I saw okay. like one yeah. that weren't celebrities. Mm -hmm. That was another thing too, you know, yeah, yeah. like I wanted to find like an everyday woman that just built this and, and wasn't didn't come and have a bunch of money, wasn't a lawyer that, you know, yeah, like just retired. slapped her name on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. You actually went from the beginning in the kitchen, yep. cooking it up. Cooking it up, <laughs> chefing it up. Yes. <laughs> and then you got the, the vision for your brand. So how long was it between where you finally like got the like recipes in order, mm -hmm. you're making wine, and then you getting your, your vision for like the actual brand. Man, so it's <clears throat> so this was the funny thing. This was the, the reality check, right? So um, I started out, so I'm making this wine myself, and I have a, um, a soft launch, a wine um, tasting. Mm. And I rented out this really cute spot on Peter Street. It was like an art gallery, and I had every um, wine had its own station, its own vibe, and I just invited, and it was so cool. I invited my friends and family, and it was a paid event. I had like live jazz, it was a whole vibe, photo booth, courtesy of my dad. So <laughs> we had like food, everything. Yeah. And, um, and that was in, 2018 okay. so that was like November of 2018 and I was like the feedback was so great people were buying tickets to come to the even people I didn't know you know had yeah. came out and bought tickets to come to this event and I was like oh my gosh like wow like I'm people are here yeah, yes. yeah and then of course like you you dig into it and Uncle Sam is like yeah you can't sell your wine that you made yourself oh like, legally Okay. So then it's like, all right, so now I have to get the permits and, you know, go through the red tape of creating a wine. And that process took a while, you know. Um, this, I actually officially launched this September 2020. Okay. So during the pandemic, you know, up until that point, so, you know, November 2018, I have this thing, you know, I have created these wines, I'm excited, I'm selling bottles, donations. Mm -hmm. <laughs> People are donating mm -hmm. for these for bottles. The for the experience. Yes. Right. And, um, and then, 2019 I spent a lot of 2019 trying to understand how to officially get in and mm -hmm. create this and build it mm -hmm. and but life is still going on at the same time I was going through a divorce at that time I was trying to figure out you know I just got a promotion at that time so there was wow. like highs and lows highs at the same time. and lows at the same time mm. and so trying to balance that in still you know working on this on the side so it wasn't yeah. a major priority mm -hmm. but I kept telling people like when they asked me what do you do and I would say yeah I do marketing and I have a wine you know like I was always speaking about it Good. and so then we get to 2020 and we're stuck in the house right mm -hmm. and I was like hmm okay 
we need to make something shake. Like, let's use this time because I'm single, I'm living by myself, I have nothing but time, can't go nowhere, you know, mm -hmm. like that was the perfect opportunity to remove distractions yeah. so I could tap in. And that's exactly what I did. Like, I just, I, I was able to, in that short period of time, from what, March to September, secure a winery, get all the permits that I needed. I made so much movement that, you know, in, in a few months than what I did in like a year and a half. Exactly, because it, well, it was just a hobby at first. Yeah. And then you got really, really clear and really, really serious to put everything in place, just get everything done. Yes. Now, did, was there anyone, and I, I, it's crazy because like the divorce and the, the promotion happened at the same time. Mm -hmm. What What is your like circle looking like and who's that person yeah. or people who's like helping you through this process? Man, you know, I'm so fortunate to have a really strong circle. You mm. know, I have a, a great group of girlfriends that are super supportive. My parents, of course, are there. So I really was able to build that community but I'll tell you, so previously, before when I was going through divorce, I was in Snellville, right? Mm. I moved and bought my condo in the city, and that was the best thing that I could have done because the energy in Atlanta is so contagious. You know, you've got hustlers out here, people who are just grinding, who are ambitious. Mm. And I was super fortunate um, in my building to befriend a lot of my neighbors and they had their own businesses and that was their full-time thing, successful business owners. And they expanded my network to introduce me to more entrepreneurs and just being around like-minded people, yeah. that really lit the spark under me because living in the burbs, it's family stuff, you know, like this could have continued to be a hobby. It really could have. And your go-getter, like the, like you said, the energy, you look around, you're just like, oh, they're on their laptop getting business mm -hmm. together, they're on their, it just yeah. makes you like, you know what, let me get my, <laughs> let me get my, let me get, let me get right. <laughs> right. And what I really love about this part of your life is that you, again, live around some really cool people, yeah, right? Just yes. like you were living next door to the clown, to yeah. your, um, the, I want to say to the clown. I know, but she was, yes. <laughs> she was. She was. <laughs> <laughs> but then your network of entrepreneurs grew. grew. Yeah. Growing up in corporate, what was it like for you mm. to like develop your network or your professional brand before you actually became an entrepreneur? You know, that was, that was very, that was something I was very intentional about. Mm. So even in college, like I, I was a big, advocate for getting internships. Mm. I had the opportunity to work for um, Kaiser Permanente, Arby's. I worked for small companies. I worked for large companies. I was really intentional mm -hmm. on, um, on working that network. And even when I got into, um, and it was something that I had to learn too. So I will say that going through corporate I had to learn to be my authentic self, mm. not be the Nicole they wanted me to be. Mm. There was a lot of times throughout my career where I was the only black woman in that space. In the, in, at one point, I was the only black woman in the company. Mm. So I had to figure out who I was and not mute myself, but also be able to show up because I realized in a lot of those times, I was going to be the only black person a lot of these people interacted with at all. If you know, like in an actual like having conversation, yes, you yes, know. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it it wasn't until I started to really allow my personality to shine and just show up as me and and just being just you know like a, a ball of energy and sunshine. That's what I wanted, you know. Like I just wanted to be the positive ray of sunshine, and and that's really the stamp that I got. If you talk to any of my colleagues at any other like job, they all say the same thing. Nicole's yeah. all smiles and she's so <laughs> sweet and nice. But I, I I did that intentionally, and I also. 
I learned I learned this um, from listening to it was a podcast. Um, I forget the gentleman's name, but he owns the Weather Channel. He's a black guy. Oh, I don't. Oh, I, I can't remember I his name. I feel so bad, but um, but he was talking about his story and his grind, and he was talking about you know the importance of being a servant to others. Mm-hmm. And so I would go into any new job, and I, I was a typical millennial, like seriously, like I. If I didn't like a job after a certain point, oh, yes. I'm hopping. Like, oh, my goodness. Every year, year and a half, I had a new job. And it was always upward, you know, moving up, but I was out. So, <laughs> I love I'm it. I'm not. But, I want to ask you so much, but we're going to get there because I, I want to go there, actually. Yeah. But then I want to know this story. Yeah, so... um so we, so I'm listening to him, right? And mm-hmm. he, and, and he's talking about being a servant. And so I was very intentional going in and doing the dirty jobs. Got you. Like I would ask my managers, you know, like, what do you need? I would go to other, I would network outside of my community too and go to other, you know, places. And if they needed something, you know, mm-hmm. just trying to figure out with in my role, how I can help others. And sometimes yeah. I was doing stuff I didn't really want to do, mm-hmm. but that's what helped me. Even me getting my promotion at my job. Yeah. Um, it was I had been at that job for a couple of months before, um, and I just got it, right? So I'm excited, I just got this new job, and then all of a sudden they come and they did a reorg. And they come and they're like, so we saw on your resume that you know you have um, marketing traffic position, you know, um, experience. Would you be interested in doing this? Because you know the the whole team had changed, and so I was like, it's kind of like you can't say no. Like, yeah, sure. Essentially, so, like you're voluntold. I'm voluntold. To do like, like, hey, you're moving with me over here. Yeah. So, um, but that was a perfect <clears throat> opportunity. So, I moved over, and um, my manager um, at the time, me and her, pretty much were we inherited a team that needed a lot of growth like there there was so many opportunities for that team to be better but we it took a lot mm-hmm. um another reorg happens and i was probably in that position for about eh, it wasn't even a year yet it, it was super shy of a year maybe nine months mm-hmm. and um the manager <clears throat> takes me out and she was like she got a promotion so she was moving to vp and I, she wanted me, the new spot. girl who had not been at this company yet for a whole year, had already had two positions in that time period, and now she wanted to promote me. And that was like, wow, but that was all because during that nine months that me and her were working together, I was I was grinding for her, yeah. you know? Like, I was making connections with other people. I made myself so invaluable because I knew all of the things to build the platforms that we were yes. building and all of the nuances about the teams. Like, I was her go-to. So I, I kind of put myself unknowingly, I guess, but still kind of intentionally yeah. in a position mm-hmm. where I was the only choice to get the promotion. I love that. Yeah. And like you said, being intentional for you was just not necessarily knowing what you were going to get on the other side, yeah. just knowing you, you needed to show up and you needed to serve. Yep. Um, was this on the back end of like you said I was a typical millennial and I wanted to get into that I was like oh let me not change the subject right now because I just had a conversation with someone and uh, so I literally just had a conversation with someone and they were giving the advice like you know you don't want to hop around it looks crazy on your resume And I, and I said, you know, I think that that advice might be a little dated. I think Because it I think that you can, like, there are very many si- situations where you can literally, like, change jobs and people still know your value. Yes. What was that, that like for you? To, like, did you always um, get a job before you left? Or were there yes. ever times where you quit and then you got another one? I always had another job lined up before I left. Mm-hmm. Always, always, always. Um, 
I made because I, I was I was very intentional and strategic in that way. I didn't mm -hmm. want to just have a period where I didn't have any income coming in because I've all you know I've been living on my own. You got obligations. Like I didn't want to have that kind of period. Mm -hmm. So I always made sure I had something else. And every time I I left a job because again of my intentionality of of really becoming invaluable, they always wanted me to stay. They always tried to do the counter offer. Mm -hmm. Well, let me. But I I never take the counter offer. <laughs> I was like ah, I'm leaving for a reason. It's deeper than that. But um, I, I do think that that is a little dated. But I will say, um, when I interviewed for this job, I interviewed with the senior vice president of marketing at the time, mm -hmm. and she asked me about that. She was a, you know, she was older. And she asked me. She said, you know, we noticed that you did. You have had different moves, um, and you haven't stayed. You know why? Mm -hmm. But because I was again being strategic with my career, I could talk to my why. You yes. know, I wasn't just jumping just because, like. Yes. I was jumping because it was a better opportunity or I wanted to get more experience in this area. When I tell you my marketing experience goes from, like I said, Kaiser Permanente Healthcare to cybersecurity to car insurance. Mm -hmm. Like I have pest control, like, You've been in so I think that helped to ease their minds when yeah. they hired me. I think that's real. And I also think it's real for you to say, like, you know, of course there's something, you know, not so tasteful that or negative that triggers like, yeah. you know, the the feelings. I think that's also important for you to figure out where you're supposed to go. Like yeah. not only do you need to figure out what do I like and who do I like and what do I like to do. Mm -hmm. It's also like some of the things that I know most about myself came from me knowing like, listen, this is not what I want to do. Yes. So for you, when you think about the moves that you left, <clears throat> were they all in the similar thing or did mm. you learn something that you didn't like at different roles? It, it was always something. <sighs> It was something new, something something different always kind of triggered it. Mm -hmm. um, one was I had a manager that was in competition with me. Mm -hmm. And so that causes conflict. Mm -hmm. um, there was another time where I had kind of saw that there was no growth for me, there was no upward mobility, and so that was a trigger. Um, there was one where I felt like my manager didn't, didn't appreciate you know, what I had to offer. So mm -hmm. I got to take my talent somewhere else. Okay, cool. <laughs> you know, like, and, and so that triggered something. So it was, it was me learning to understand that I like to feel valued. I like to feel appreciated. Yeah. And I want that to also be reflected in my pay. Cause there was my very, very first job out of college. I'm I hated it. I really did. Because mm. um, it wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't even really marketing. I was like an account coordinator, so it was kind of marketing, but not really. But I remember the day that my manager comes, she pulls me in her office, and she's so excited, right? And she was like, we got you a raise, you know? Like, we're so excited. She's like, it wasn't, you know, we couldn't get a whole lot, but I really just wanted to show you how much I appreciate you. That raise, I kid you not, one dollar. You got to be kidding me. A dollar an a hour? A dollar an hour. She gave, that was my okay. raise. Okay, this was bad. When was this? This was 2012. Okay, so you, Lord, an hour? I mean, I mean a, a dollar. dollar? A dollar. So my, my, my dollar an hour, like my mm -hmm. pay went up one dollar. Mm -hmm. And she's beaming at me like I'm supposed to just be so appreciative. I'm just like, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You know, but in that moment I knew because I had been busting my but for that company, mm -hmm. I had one of the largest accounts and that was their, you know, way of appreciation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what really, you know, that stuck with me for a while because 
I feel like that is what um, helped me to want to negotiate more for my pay. Mm -hmm. I also mm. think like, since that was one of your earlier job experiences, we start to, depending on the situation, let's say you get buttered up your entire mm -hmm. career, so you never ask for more, right? Yeah. But when you kind of get undercut the first time, you know you have to challenge every situation moving yeah. forward. Yeah, and it's uncomfortable. <clears throat> you know, that's something that I had to grow into also, is mm -hmm. feeling, you know, like comfortable having those conversations and, and you know, fighting for myself. Yeah. That was something that I had to learn and that came with, you know, the confidence rather came over time, but that was, that was tough. Yeah. That was a tough one. Speaking of confidence, so you've, you've built your marketing career over so many years, right? Yeah. Even from college. And I'm thinking, you know, was there ever a point that you thought, you know what, marketing is just not a good fit? Or did you ever get discouraged ah. on the path to like where you, like where you are now? I can't say <laughs> it was never not marketing, mm -hmm. but it, it was maybe not this type of marketing. Okay. So when I first started, um, I worked for a cybersecurity company and I was doing field marketing. And field marketing was pretty much just like your your sales support, essentially. And um, I, would, I got to travel, so I was traveling. But I didn't like it. Oh, I really? actually didn't that's like it. That's usually like, oh, I get to travel. That's usually like I the thought pinnacle. That, I thought that too. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm traveling. I'm going to New York. I'm going to California. I'm going to all these places. And I thought that, that was fun, but it wasn't because for me, like I was traveling either by myself or mm -hmm. with some colleagues, mm -hmm. you know, but you know, it, it, you're not traveling with friends. You're not doing it for vacation. Mm -hmm. You're not on leisure. Mm -hmm. So, and it was in and out a lot of times too. So the, and then constantly flying, it just, it wasn't as much fun. Yeah. I thought that's what I wanted until I got it. So that, that's happened sometimes. You got to get it and experience it. And then you realize this isn't exactly what I thought. So yeah. for me, I can't say it was never, okay, I'm gonna do something different with marketing, but I realized there's certain aspects of marketing that that wasn't necessarily my niche and I wanted to do something different. Yeah. That's amazing. I like, I love to hear your, your, your career journey. And I really like to hear like just, you know, the steps that you've learned about yourself without getting burned, without like the, the huge, and then also with like, you know, catches the, the millennial yeah. way is definitely more of a safe way to like go to another role, not take the hard bumps and bruises. Yeah. But with entrepreneurship, it's a completely different thing, Ooh, right? Yes. So like, and the way you tap it, your brand taps into the, the woman experience, mm -hmm. it's like you kind of know what she needs, right? Yeah. So as you were like developing your brand and like figuring out, you know, how to take this to market, what was one of the most challenging things you did come across? Oh, man. You know, it's funny. I tell people all the time, it's so hard for me to market myself, mm -hmm. my own brand. Mm. I'm so in it that it's actually very difficult for me. I can talk to someone else and, and spit out 10 ideas easy. When I'm by myself and I'm doing my own thing, I'm yeah. struggling, but it's because I'm too in the weeds. So I actually rely a lot on my um, on my marketing friends who help me a lot mm. um, to bounce ideas and to strategize with because I, I'm too into it. Because I'm thinking now, you know, it's balancing operations and finance, account, you know, like all those things and marketing, you know, like I, I was like, I can't do it. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. It's so hard. So I think for me, one of the challenges was kind of letting go of that and being okay with the fact that even though I am a marketer and that's my strong suit, being okay with understanding that that's not what I can apply to my business. Even though 
it has helped with the foundation. Like I think the reason why the brand resonates with people is because I have that marketing intention yes. behind it mm -hmm. and building it. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to now where I'm like, I don't know, like, should I do this digital ad or what do you think? Like my friends will, they'll, they'll give me more like advice. I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. Why didn't I think of that? You know, but it's because I'm, I'm in, it. in it. You're zoned in. Yeah. I can imagine. One, it's like a surgeon cannot be his own surgeon. Exactly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> so you exactly. can't operate on yourself. Yes. So I get that. And then it's also like talking yourself up to like doing some something cool. Do you ever get a do you ever get like in your head about doing something new or something mm. that like may or may not work? All all the time. Yeah. All the time. All the time. I'm constantly thinking about things that I want to do and how I want to expand this brand and all these like I have a zillion ideas of things that I want to do and how I want this um, brand to grow. But for me, it's been the challenges like anchoring in. And um, I have this, one of my favorite acronyms is FOCUS. Follow one course until successful. Let's go. Yeah. I like that. So trying to like anchor in on something, focus on that one thing, mm. and then having the discipline, you know, to focus in and not want to do all the other ideas <laughs> and to just strategically add them on over time. That's, that's probably the hardest thing. Cause I'm like, oh, I just want to. And it's like, wait, wait, <laughs> Listen, it's not the time. <laughs> new idea. Ah, yeah. We call it squirrel syndrome. So. Yes. <laughs> Like, I am so, I'm like, squirrel, squirrel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm the, I've been there, promise you, focus, focusing on one thing is, yeah. has saved me in my business. Yeah. So I'm thinking like you are, you're happy in both your role and in your job, yeah. which is the, the beauty of it, right? You've never had to like, like run from something, you've always run to something. Mm. So in your current uh, process, are you creating an exit strategy or how are you planning that transition to go into this next yes. evolution? Yes, yes. You know, I have to say like, I, I love what I do. I will always love marketing, mm -hmm. but I do, I am at a place right now where I, it's, it's just, it's, it's still leaving me with the void. I'm not fulfilling something. Mm -hmm. And because of that, it's just kind of expedited that exit plan a little bit. Cause I've always said, I, I'm really big on affirmations. Um, have you, have you seen Mary Jane being Mary Jane? Absolutely. Okay. You know I got my stickers. Yes. I am <laughs> so, I'm so her. Oh my gosh. I have sticky notes like all over. So yes. <laughs> one of which says that I plan to, um, retire from corporate and I, and I use that word very intentionally. I'm not quitting. I'm retired. I'm going to throw myself a retirement party. Like mm -hmm. I'm having a retirement because I have worked I like a long time. So this is, isn't me just like quitting this is like I'm retiring and, and transitioning to something else and so um, my goal was I want to retire um, no later than 35 that is written on a sticky note has been there for years like that is the that is the goal that was always my like that's the deadline but here I am 31 and I'm like man I don't think I can do this for another three four years like now I need to be a little bit more intentional on expediting that so for me it's like okay because I you know we live in the city like I wish I could just hit the lotto and make that like a lot easier mm -hmm. but mortgage would be ca taken right, care of like <laughs> we pay that that's done you know so <laughs> but until then you know for me right now it's okay you do have a mortgage you do have these obligations so how much do you need to live, yes. you know, like, mm -hmm. cause I know I've, I've been able to take this business and do really well with it, you know, doing it part-time essentially. Yeah. But if I give myself six months, can I really tap in? Like how far can I grow this thing if it's my full-time, you know, focus? Yeah. 
I want to get to that. So my goal is, you know, how much do I need to to save? How much do I need to take, you know, when I'm building this business? Like how much do I need to have on the back end? And however that money comes, right? Now I'm getting a lot more creative with how to get that. But now it's like, okay, knowing what that number is and being able to say that's the goal and how long is it going to take me to get there? Maybe mm -hmm. it means sacrificing a little bit more so I can't go on all my vacations I want to go on. But it's because I know that my, my goal is to quit retire yeah. from this job. Yeah. I'm trying to exit out. Yeah. So now, you know, I have that idea, I have that plan and that's helping me to kind of, you know, get the ball rolling and, and get out of there sooner. Yeah. yeah. I, you One of the other motifs um, that you shared in, in your story is that there's always something next for you to do, right? Yeah. So of course there's her, yeah. right? When you envision what you're going to, mm -hmm. right? The Like the vision, yeah. what is it that you're creating the exit strategy? exit strategy for I I see myself being able to have the the freedom and the ability to live the life I want to live and I know that sounds super like cliche and broad but in my mind I see myself being able to have several businesses mm -hmm. I want to become an, an angel investor honestly I want to be able to mm -hmm. help other women who are struggling like like me right now looking for funding and being able to scale their business I want to be able to help those women yeah. and and fund them you yes. know before they get to the the process of being fundable you know like because my business right now like when when investors look at it it's still so new and you know and i'm doing it part time so the the scale isn't there yet okay. i want to be able to help women to help them fund their businesses early on in that process so they can cut the ties and mm. retire from their jobs and focus on their passions right mm. so for me when i think about the future and the vision it is me being able to have the time to mentor me being able to have the time to manage you know multiple businesses hers is honestly just the first one the goal is for this one to help fund the others that i have in the in the back burner that i want to build up mm -hmm. so the goal is to have that and then have the freedom to travel have a family you know yes. like i want to be able to I was really fortunate. My mom was a homemaker when I was growing up. So I grew up having my mom pick us up from school and having dinner at a certain time every day. And while it was so annoying when I was younger, cause like my friends, their parents weren't home. So they got to, you know, do stuff. <laughs> do whatever they want. I was like, man, my mom's home. But I appreciate it as an adult now. And I want to be that yeah. for my kids but also have, you know, my empire also. Yeah. So, yeah. When you say um, an angel investor, you know, the way, you know, angel investors, of course, are monetary, but the way that you express your vision, it's like being able to invest not only just monetarily, but invest in the person, yeah. the women. It's, it's kind of like how you built your brand yeah. around the women who actually are, you know, girls night out or yes. in their feelings and they have a, they have a heart, they have a life. Yeah. So you being able to invest time and mentorship is what you mentioned. Yes. I think that's actually really, really beautiful. Like, because you're not just, you know, the vacation, the vacation and living life. And as millennials, we are oftentimes pegged as selfish. Yes. But for you to like part, part of your vision to be to invest in others, mm. that's when they get it twisted. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's so true. You have to, it's a good balance. Right. And, and I actually, I will say, I am a huge advocate for people being more selfish. Mm -hmm. I think I think sometimes we have this, it has a negative connotation to it, mm -hmm. but the idea is prioritizing self, 
You can't pour from an empty cup. We hear it all the time. And I have experienced burnout throughout my career several times. Mm -hmm. And so going through that now, it allows me to understand that I need to prioritize my time. Mm -hmm. And even in corporate, like I, I have had to set boundaries even with my corporate job where it's like, after a certain time, I'm not available yeah. because I've experienced that burnout. I've, I've, I've been where it's just like overwhelming. And it's like, okay, you get to a point where it's like, it's either me or them, right? And so for me, finding that balance that we talk about, that non-existent thing, but right. it, it starts with creating boundaries and, and creating those cutoff points and saying mm-hmm. like, this is the time for you. And then I'm moving on to do whatever, you know? Yeah. It, I could just sit on my couch all day, but I have to cut a tie there at some point so I think you have to have a little bit of both absolutely yeah how would you characterize how would you characterize your purpose Mm. in this moment I would say that that's such a great question I feel like my purpose right now with it is twofold. Mm-hmm. One, like I mentioned, I'm in the business of making people feel good, mm-hmm. but my purpose really is tied to wanting to inspire and help other women to be unapologetically happy and to pursue their passions. Like to help women understand that you there's always going to be fear. Yeah. There's always going to be something that that holds you back, but there's there's ways, creative ways for you to still get to what you want, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm doing it different. I didn't take the the complete, you know, chop and just quit my job and mm-hmm. just go straight into it mm-hmm. and, and, you know, just hope for the best. Like, I commend people who, <laughs> do, I mean, oh my gosh, the bravery and the cur- I, I, I get it. Because sometimes I tell people, like, it, it could be kind of viewed as the cowardly way to kind of do it in a more, you know, strategic, like, small increments. I see it as increments. you just know yourself. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, when you know yourself, there's no right or wrong. Yeah. When you're living your life in your purpose, there's no right or wrong. Mm. Like everything has its purpose. And while there's a huge structure with 50,000 people working in it, yeah. that there is purpose in there. That's true. Right? So yeah. I think that, you know, courage, bravery, persistence, patience, these values mm. show up in different ways. I used to look at women and men who stayed in corporate for 10 years and Dang, why couldn't I do that? You know what I mean? Like, and want to have other values, like, uh, you know, just the value that I that I would think um, of that I would like wish I had was like just being able to be committed to something. Mm, yeah, right? yeah. And I thought because I didn't stay at a corporation, I wasn't committed. Yeah. And I said, you know what, girl, you've committed to so much in your life, exactly. personal, yes. professional, and as an entrepreneur, committing to a journey. Yes. Right? But then also being able to realize. That is commitment. It is. You have like like the yeah. fact that you've been in your career for ten years. Yeah. Listen, honey, when you're ready to do whatever marketing wise, just yeah. like listen, I got this whole ten year yeah. like foundation behind me. I think that we all like we sh- our values show up in however they show up. So I yeah. think it's a strategic route, not a scare like route, that. not a safe route. And then I think the people who leave that could be a brave route. Yeah. Everybody has their values. That's true. So at, on your purpose, as we're thinking about it, in the same conversation empowering women inspiring women yes. is where we are now can you think of a time where like your purpose showed up like now that you look if, if you look back in hindsight hindsight is 2020 when was a time when like your purpose showed up it, can you remember a time where you're like mm, now that i think about it that was probably my purpose man you know i would say that it shows up in different ways um but 
more recently, I think when I'm when my friends kind of come to me and they're asking me for advice on if, how, can they, should they mm -hmm. pursue a certain purpose or passion that they mm -hmm. have, you know, like when people start to come to you and, and want to confide in you or even value your opinion enough to want, you know, to help them to decide their trajectory yeah. of their life, like that's, that was major. And so for me, that, I think those are the moments when I feel like, oh my gosh, like this is happening. Like, I, I, it's so weird. Like in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is happening. Someone's <laughs> asking me. And then I'm like, focus, Nicole. They're asking you a question. <laughs> Listen, I think you know a girlfriend, right? Yes. And you know how Joan is always like, oh my god, oh my god, and then she goes into the conversation. Girl, I'm the same way. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god. No, focus. Focus. Yes. <laughs> I'm with yeah, you. Yeah. So mm. I think when I have those moments where people come up, or or even now with the wine business, you know, yeah. I, I have had the opportunity to meet so many women. One in particular. So um, last, uh, it was Valentine's Day weekend. I was at um, the New Black Wall Street. They had a sip and shop for um, for Valentine's Day for that weekend. Mm -hmm. And um, I had this woman come up to me and she was like, oh my gosh, you know, like, this is so great. Like, I've been wanting to do a wine brand too. Like, and, I, and she was like, but I don't know if people are going to like, and she was just telling me all her doubts. And mind you right like i probably spoke to a thousand people that weekend it was so many people but i wanted to stop and just talk to her and pour into her and i was like do it go for it you know what i mean like there it's scary it's always going to be scary but the scary thing is not knowing you know mm -hmm. if you don't try you're never going to know you're always going to be wondering like what if what yeah. if i would have tried it so you know just being able to have that moment and talk to her and her to leave saying you know what i'm gonna do it and i was like yeah, you know, like that made me, that made that event so much more impactful besides all the sales, you know, like for some reason that moment stuck to me because yes. I was able to hopefully, you know, inspire her to continue her journey. She left so motivated, you know, and just mm -hmm. like ready to take it on. And I'm like, go for it. Absolutely. Yeah. As we listen to your story, you've had mom, dad, neighbors, like who have poured into you and shown you different ways yeah. for there to be someone like you who's done the brand already who's doing a pop-up shop, right? Not just sticking on Instagram and, and digital sites. You're actually going up there and talking to humans saying, hey, here's my product. This is like, you're doing what a lot of people dream about. Mm. Listen, girl, I didn't even think about, I don't, well, I've never thought about creating a wine brand, but I don't know if I would have gone to Google and found a distillery and these things, which is really impressive. Thank so, you. Yes, you have inspired me. And then I know you've inspired folks who've listened to your story. Honestly and truly, I think we're going to have a, a wave of, of black girls who are like growing up. Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to make a wine. You know what oh, I mean? And I first of all, you're like, what do you know about wine, little girl? Oh, right. But for them to be able to say that, <laughs> yes. that's impact. Yes. So let's speak it. I love that. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. I have enjoyed your story. I I have one more question. Yes. Because I can ask you questions all day. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been sipping on the wine a little yes. bit. So um, guys, I have really enjoyed it. But there is someone who does need to be poured into right now. Mm. Listen, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> So, I love it. But for you to think about like that woman who you know that you were once, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Who needed someone to pour into them. If you think about it, what would you say to that woman and who who would she be to get her, you know, to take just one more step? 
You know, I I would tell her if you are having doubts, if you're trying to figure out like what is that thing, I would tell you to take the leap. It's scary. You know, there's a lot of doubt, self-doubt that comes into it, but to trust your heart, if you have the thought, that means that God planted it inside of you and that there is, it can't go wrong, but you won't know until you try. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. I, I, I feel like we have an infinite amount of time on this planet and it's very important for us to live our life intentionally, deliberately. And so with that, Sometimes you, you got to, you know, try it. Yeah. You can't. The only thing that you're failing at is not trying. Mm. That's the biggest thing. Nice little wrapped up with a bow. The only thing that you fail at is not trying. Yep. I love that. So thank you. Thank, thank you, Nicole, you. for joining me on the podcast. And thank you guys for watching and for listening. Listen, if you guys loved her story, you want to get connected with her and you want to drink some of her wines. How can they get connected with you? How can they watch your journey? And then how can they support? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So you guys can follow me on Instagram and Facebook. It's It's Her Wine. And our website is herwines.com. Definitely follow me on Instagram. I'm super engaged. Um, I love talking to people. We have um, events that we curate as well as pop-up shops. I love meeting you guys and meeting people and talking about the brand and just saying hello. So definitely follow us, see where we're going to be at, and, um, and definitely get a bottle. It's good. Let's go. Enjoy you guys' night, and hopefully you're watching this over a bottle of her wines. But until next time, I will see you guys next week. Peace out.